The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans. Here's your local racing authority, Sam Chapman, with this week's Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans, and this is the Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio, and I'm your host, Sam. Here to recap a busy weekend of racing with Formula One and Spa, the Verizon IndyCar Series was in Texas for the conclusion of the Firestone 600, the NASCAR Xfinity Series would hit the track in Road America, and the NASCAR Camping World Truck and Sprint Cup Series were in Michigan for an exciting weekend of racing. We'll get things rolling in Spa as Formula One would take to the track for the running of the Belgian Grand Prix. Mercedes driver Nico Rosberg would lead the field off of the starting line and cleanly into turn one as he would set off on a dominating run in Spa. In the opening corner, Ferrari driver Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, and Red Bull racing driver Max Verstappen would collide entering the first turn, damaging the cars enough to force each driver to the pits for repairs. On lap six, Renault driver Kevin Magnussen would lose the rear end of his car while driving through Eau Rouge, sending his car into the tire barrier and destroying that machine. Fortunately, Magnussen would walk away from the incident unscathed. It would be smooth sailing for Nico Rosberg as he would cruise to win number six of 2016, Red Bull Racing driver Daniel Ricciardo would come home in second, and Lewis Hamilton would rebound from his last place starting position for the third and final podium step. The Verizon IndyCar Series would be in Texas for the conclusion of the Firestone 600, a race that started in June, but reinforced the series to postpone the event until August. Things would pick up exactly where they left off two months ago, with the finish coming down to the wire as Oakville native James Hinchcliffe would be leading the field on the final lap before Graham Rahal would dive to the inside of Hinchcliffe, entering turn three. By the time the two had gotten back to the start-finish line, Rahal had gotten a nose on Hinchcliffe and would steal the win by eight one-thousandths of a second, the series' fourth closest finish and the closest finish ever at the Texas Motor Speedway. Hinchcliffe would finish in second, and Tony Kanaan would round out the podium in third. The NASCAR Xfinity Series would be in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, for the running of the Road America 180 fired up by Johnsonville at Road America. Canadian Alex Tagliani would take the pole for Saturday's race, leading the field down to the drop of the green flag. Tag would have a fast Ford Mustang, but it would be Michael McDowell who would muscle past Tagliani to get the lead in the final 19 laps en route to his first NASCAR Xfinity Series victory. Teammate Brendan Gaughan would be the highest finishing Xfinity Series regular coming home in second. Here's what race winner Michael McDowell had to say following his first major NASCAR Series win. Oh, it means a tremendous amount. I've been so close here at Road America um, a few years. So just to to finally finish it off and close it off was uh, huge. And, um, you know, this is a great opportunity, obviously, driving number two car, the Ream Chevrolet for Richard Chilich Racing. You know, it's not every weekend you get an opportunity to drive equipment like this. And, you know, I've been fortunate, um, you know, to drive some really great cars here and, um, you know, just haven't been able to finish it and execute. And today I finally did it. We finally did it. And it feels really great. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series would be in Michigan for the running of the Careers for Veterans 200 presented by Cooper Tire and Brad Keselowski's Checkered Flag Foundation. Heading into the closing laps, the race looked like it was going to come down to Timothy Peters in the number 17 Toyota Tundra or series rookie William Byron for the win as the two duked it out on track. Shortly after taking the white flag, Brett Moffat would seemingly come out of nowhere and would pass both Byron and teammate Timothy Peters. Moffat would hold the two at bay for the remainder of the final lap as Moffat would go on to score his very first NASCAR Campingville Truck Series win. Here's what the young NASCAR driver had to say following his biggest win in NASCAR to date. Honestly, uh, sitting there late in the race, I didn't know if today was going to be our day. It was with the, with the way the draft was and the way the runs were going. You just had to be at the right place at the right time and most of the day we weren't. Uh, we got stuck out on the restarts a few times and um, lost some track position there. But 
when we counted, we were in the right place at the right time. And when I saw the nine go too wide at the 17, I knew it'd slow them down and punch a big hole in the air. And I knew as long as I could get to the outside, getting into one, I could clear them. I just didn't know if it'd hold all the way down the back stretch. And luckily it did. And um, But these these two guys right here are the reason we're sitting here and, and the reason we've had so much success the last three weeks. It's uh, it's pretty awesome to drive for a team owner like Tom who, who loves the sport and puts everything into it. And me and Scott work really well together. And um, we never give up and we're going to outwork them if we're behind. And uh, it's been showing the last few weeks. Some sad news out of the NASCAR world. NASCAR's first lady, Betty Jane France, passed away suddenly Monday evening. Betty Jane France is best known for her humanitarian efforts and causes like the NASCAR Foundation. France became the chairwoman of the NASCAR Foundation upon the foundation's inception in 2004. Headquartered in Daytona Beach, the foundation is an entity that embodies the compassion of the NASCAR family and its commitment to serving the communities. She also assisted in the establishment of the Speediatrics Children's Care Unit at the Halifax Medical Center in Daytona Beach and at the Homestead Hospital in Homestead, Miami, Florida. Just to name a few of her efforts. She'll be greatly missed within the NASCAR community and remembered within the Betty Jane France Award handed out at the awards banquet at the end of every year. The Betty Jane France Humanitarian Award presented by Nationwide recognizes outstanding charitable and volunteer efforts by NASCAR fans and was created in her honor back in 2011. The NASCAR Spring Cup Series would be in Michigan for the running of the Pure Michigan 400. Joey Logano and Jimmy Johnson would lead the field down to the drop of the green flag on a sunny Sunday afternoon. Kyle Busch would bring out the first yellow flag for an incident on track. Busch would get loose and go for a spin, coming out of turn four. Busch would keep his car clean and was able to continue without any issues. The final yellow flag of the day would fly for debris on track. When the field got the one to go, the race would have less than nine laps remaining. The Santa Speed Pure Race pick Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson would lead the field down to the final green flag of the day. Both drivers desperately trying to get their first series win that would also lock them into this year's chase for the Sprint Cup. Coming to take the green flag, both drivers would spin their tires, but Larson would get help from the number two of Brad Keselowski, pushing him past the 24. Larson would go on to lead the final nine laps, finally breaking through to get his first NASCAR Sprint Cup Series win. Chase Elliott would be forced to settle for second, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, and Kevin Harvick would round out the top five in the Pure Michigan 400. Kyle Larson finally broke through to get his first Spring Cup Series win after four runner-up finishes. Here's what the driver of the number 42 Target Chevrolet had to say following his emotional win. Honestly, uh, sitting there late in the race, I didn't know if today was going to be our day. It was with the, with the way the draft was and the way the runs were going. You just had to be at the right place at the right time. And most of the day, we weren't. Uh, we got stuck out on the restarts a few times and um, lost some track position there. But when we counted, we were in the right place at the right time. And when I saw the nine go too wide at the 17, I knew it'd slow them down and punch a big hole in the air. And I knew as long as I could get to the outside, getting into one, I could clear them. I just didn't know if it'd hold all the way down the back stretch. And luckily it did. And um, But these these two guys right here are the reason we're sitting here and, and the reason we've had so much success the last three weeks. It's uh, it's pretty awesome to drive for a team owner like Tom who, who loves the sport and puts everything into it. And me and Scott work really well together and um, we never give up and we're going to outwork them if we're behind. And uh, it's been showing the last few weeks. Yeah, those Toyota Tundras are strong out there today. Uh, let's go ahead and take questions here for these three gentlemen. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll start here with Steve and then we'll go to Bob. Points as NASCAR heads to Darlington. Brad Keselowski leads Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Carl Edwards, and Denny Hamlin rounds out the top five in points as NASCAR leaves Michigan. Chase Elliott would lead 31 laps Sunday, but would be forced to settle for second. Here's what the rookie had to say following the Pure Michigan 400. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a, a bummer again here. I hate to I hate to let my guys down. It's the biggest thing. Had for the second time this, is, this has happened, and uh, 
you know, I made made a mistake earlier on in the race, and I asked my guys to bail me out, and they did. And unfortunately, I uh, didn't do my part again. So that's a couple races in a row, or you know, in just a few short months here at this place that we had had a really good car and had an opportunity. And uh, yeah, that's one thing I I try really hard to do is to make the most of opportunities when they're presented. And uh, obviously, I'm I didn't do a very good job of that uh, here, but both trips. So just need to rethink, you know, retry to redo my restarts a little better. That's obviously not a not a strong point, uh, at least here at Michigan. So need to think about that some, and I guess take the positives. You know, we were strong. I felt like as a company today, which was encouraging, and you know, we need to look at that and, and try to uh, get to Darlington. Join me this Sunday as I get you set up as the NASCAR Spring Cup Series gears up for the Darlington Throwback Weekend. Every year, teams break out the classic paint schemes, and Darlington dresses up the speedway to give us fans a taste of the racing we all grew up to. This year, teams have gotten really creative, so you don't want to miss this race. And check out all these really cool paint schemes under the lights at NASCAR's most historic track. Until then, you can head on over to the Santa Speed's Facebook and Twitter pages to keep in touch and up to speed with all sorts of motorsports news throughout the week. Before I go, I'd like to thank Beach Booster Radio. Without them, the sound of speed wouldn't be possible. Head on over to beachboosterradio.ca to listen to some great music, shows, and keep in touch with everything with Saga Beach. Hit the podcast tab at the top of the page where you can find the latest edition of the sound of speed and all the other great shows Beach Booster Radio has to offer. Be sure to check out the blog where you can find a digital version of the Beach Booster publication, which is always great to read. You can also download the Beach Booster Radio app from the Google Play and Apple App Store for free and take Beach Booster Radio with you everywhere you go. That's about it for today don't forget to join me sunday to get set up for all the action from the darlington raceway until then thanks for listening and have a great week race fans the preceding program is a production of beach booster radio written recorded and produced in wasaga beach ontario we thank you for listening to beach booster radio wasaga beach's only locally owned and operated radio station we are local we are wasaga beach We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, mayor of the town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.